Happy Mother's Day. Yeah! <laughs> Welcome to service. I'm so excited to celebrate today with you guys. Um, if any of you missed last week, I encourage you to check out our YouTube. Pastor Scott kicked off the nine keys of happiness, which are the fruits of the Spirit. And today we are going to break down love and joy for you guys. But before we do, Johnny, I would love for you to open us in prayer. Okay. So, Lord, I just want to say thank you so much for this day that you've given us to celebrate all the mothers of the world and all the people who fill those shoes, even. Um, thank you for all the mothers that are here in this building. I just ask that you bless us, um, bless these moms, bless the roles that they fill. And also for those of you that are at home, I want you to be blessed too, Lord. Um, just thank you for this opportunity to speak. I just pray that you can calm my nerves and our nerves up here. And I just pray that you guide us and you just send your spirit to calm us. In your name, amen. Thank you for that. So for those of you who are newer to Community Bible Church, my name is Beth Toscano, and I'm one of the leaders here at Community Bible Church. And I'm also lucky enough to be a mother of two. I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 5-year-old son. And I'd love for these amazing moms to introduce themselves as well. So my name's Johnny Guerra, and I am a mother of three, and I am married to our worship leader. We have three kids that are 12, 6, and 3. And for those of you who don't know me, my name's Christy Aurora. Um, my husband and I started going to church here a little over a year ago, and we have three kids. We have our 14-year-old Nathan, our 7-year-old Haley, and um, our 4-year-old, she just turned 4 last week, Aubrey. Um, I'm just really excited to be up here. I was never expecting to be asked to do this, um, but God has changed my life radically this last year, and so I'm really excited to be able to be up here and share how he did that with all of you guys. Thank you. Amen to that. So for some of you who don't know what the uh, fruits of the spirits are, they are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness and self-control. And as I said before, today we get to break down love and joy. And what better example are mothers, right? We are the superheroes, the I can do it attitude there. I mean, I am convinced in the bathroom, those blow dryers are not just for hands. Like we can create something out of nothing and it is just all glory to God for it. You know, birthday parties, planning, hair, makeup, Anything that needs planned, a mother is often busy doing the planning for it. And when that busyness takes over, when that stress becomes abundant, you become a reflection often of hard, cold bitterness. And what does that do for yourself, for those around you, and even the children that you're impacting, whether they're yours or ones that you see out in the community or wherever you are. Um, and I know that my love has not always been good. I know that my joy has not always been joyful. And um, I would love, Johnny, for you to kick us off with this and share with us how accepting Jesus' love and joy has changed your life. Um, for all of us, we actually became mothers before we became Christians, so... Johnny? Yeah, so growing up, I never knew God. Um, my parents would occasionally attend church if it was like a holiday, or maybe they were struggling in their marriage and they decided to try attending. Um, but I never really had that foundation or an understanding of, you know, how to pray or how to talk to God or really who God was. And so fast forward to high school, 
my parents got divorced and it was really earth shattering for me. Um, it really, it literally destroyed our family. And I leaned in um, heavily into my high school sweetheart, which is Jonathan. And um, I really relied on him to feel love and to have love in my life. And um, even for joy, I just relied on him so much. I relied on people often for that because I just didn't quite have that for myself um, or even just at home. Home was kind of a mess. And so um, after high school, I found myself pregnant with our son, Bear. I was 18. And I had this idea in my head of what I wanted our lives to look like. I wanted to have this perfect home full of love and full of joy. And um, I so badly wanted that, but I didn't know that in order to have that, you had to have God at the center of it. I didn't know God. Um, and so slowly things fell apart for Jonathan and I. And life was crazy and there was just responsibilities that we had no clue about. And we started to become very resentful and bitter of one another and even hateful. There was no joy and there was no love between us. And um, that was really hard for me. Um, so we did make the decision to separate in that time. And I was living alone in my apartment. And in that time is when I started to kind of spiral in this deep depression. And I was alone all the time. My parents at the time weren't around because they had gone through their divorce and were more focused on, you know, their own dramas. And I didn't have my best friend anymore to lean into because we weren't good for each other in that time. We had became re really unhealthy for each other. So that was really hard um, because I wasn't able to really focus on being the mother that I wanted to be. I just felt like I wasn't enough and that I was unworthy of even being a mother because no one else was around to really love me the way I was craving to be loved. And so it was just a really difficult time and I would slowly just feel insecurities and I would work as hard as I could. I worked full time back then at Burger King and I would try to make ends meet and pay for the apartment that I had and I was alone all the time. And um, even in that time I was on welfare, I just was kind of at my rock bottom to where I couldn't even afford my apartment and I lost my apartment. I didn't have anywhere to live. I wasn't welcome to live with my parents in that time. And I ended up sleeping on like friends' couches. And so I just felt like I was just trash <laughs> in that time. There's, I just didn't feel good about myself. I hated myself to the point that I would think about suicide often. Um, it was just a really, um, it was a really hard time. I, I genuinely was alone and felt alone in the world. And um, for those of you who may um, be feeling that way right now or questioning your existence, sorry. <laughs> I just want to tell you that um, God loves you so much. And even if you feel alone right now, you're not alone. Um, the scripture, amen, <laughs> the scripture that really speaks to my heart, it's just so simple. It's Jeremiah 1.4. It says, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. Those are just such special words to know that even whatever it is that you're going through, if someone doesn't understand and can't relate to you, God loves you so much and there's a plan and things will get better. They do get better. They did for me. I'm here now speaking to you, my testimony. And um, so slowly, Jonathan and I would talk and he would see just how depressed I was. I, I would even separate myself from my son because I felt so unworthy to be his mom. 
I felt such an immense guilt because I wasn't this idea of what I thought a mom should be. And I really struggled to be with my beautiful baby because I just didn't feel good enough. I just didn't have anything to give because I didn't have it for myself. Um, but Jonathan would pray with me and he would talk to me about God and we would pray. And every time we'd pray, it was like God was just lifting this heavy weight, this burden that I had burdened myself with that I allowed Satan to lie to me and tell me these lies and I'd believe those lies. But every time we prayed, God was working in that room. He would just lift it. And I would still struggle with my own, you know, feelings and emotions. And, but each time we prayed and each time we talked about God, no one, no one and nothing could take that away from us. And so, um, you know, as the year or so went on, we got back together and I accepted Christ. And, yeah, <laughs> I accepted Christ. And I decided I wanted to live my life for him. And... We got married. We've been married for about nine years now, and we have two more beautiful children, and that's my main goal is to set God as the foundation for our children. I tell them every day how much I love them, but also how much God loves them. Because, yeah, if there's ever a day that they find themselves alone or just dealing with life, I want them to know God loves them so much and that God is enough and that they are enough. And so, um, and just for any of you who are maybe dealing with your past or with um, guilt or sins, don't allow that to rob you of your joy now. Don't let it rob you of being who you're meant to be and who God has called you to be. Thank you, Johnny. I know uh, for me growing up too, I was raised by a single mother and, um, you know, she is just this ray of hope for me. Um, and <laughs> my turn to cry. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I always remember growing up was Sundays and Wednesdays, you were in church. And I, I thank my grandpa for that because after my grandma passed, he was that light for my mom. And it didn't matter where we were in life, what we were going through, whatever struggle it was, like we were in church. And that really set a foundation for us, no matter like how things were at home. Like you went to church and at that time I, I probably wouldn't say that I knew things were okay or good, but you know, I was surrounded by other kids at that point in my neighborhood and it it helped create this um, mindset for me to like kind of look on the bright side of life. And even though I didn't know how to apply it to my life and apply it to even my motherhood later in life, it was a very, very small seed that got planted, um, thanks to my mom <laughs> and my grandpa. Um, but Christy, you were brought up way different than Johnny and I. I'd love for you to share that with us. Uh, yeah, so for... Me, I was raised in church as long as I can remember. I know we started going when I was six, and I remember saying um, the prayer to ask Jesus into my heart when I was six years old in Sunday school, um, but I don't really remember much before that. And uh, our whole life was involved in church and about God, whether we were at home, whether we were at church. Um, my parents raised us to know that God was to be the center. Um, so I had a very close personal relationship with God as I was growing up, all the way uh, through about my 20s. And when I started going to college or nursing trade school, um, 
I started hanging out with different people and kind of getting pulled towards the world. Um, and it was during that time that I stopped kind of going to church and my own relationship with God started to waver. Um, and then I just got to where I kind of completely stopped going to church altogether. And it was during that time that I met my now husband, Naveen. Um, and he wasn't saved at the time. We both believed in God. He believed in God and he was okay with church and everything, but he didn't have his own close personal relationship with God either. So the two of us were just trying to figure out uh, life together and we ended up getting married. And like I said earlier, we have our three kids. Um, but I think of what Pastor Scott talked about last week. Um, I'm not even sure what verse it is in the Bible, but it talks about God being the vine and we're the branches. And so God never left me. I was always a branch. I always was connected to him because once you accept him in your heart, he doesn't go anywhere. Um, he was there for me the whole time, uh, but I was the one that was choosing to be distracted and not putting him in the forefront, and that ended up causing a lot of issues for me. Um, and especially in motherhood, I didn't have a lot of joy, and I didn't always parent my kids in love. <clears throat> Um, during COVID, it got really bad um, because we were all isolated. We were all home together. My husband was working from home. My kids were distance learning, and that was a whole other thing that we all had to go through. Um, and leading up to that, as I slowly drifted further and further away from God, um, my anxiety got really bad um, because growing up, I would have conversations with my mom um, during this time and I would call her and I'd be venting to her about how terrible my children were and how I just couldn't control them and no matter what I did I didn't feel like I was enough. Um, I kept trying to figure it out on my own. Self-help books and occasional sermons I would listen to on my phone but I wasn't relying on God and without him I was relying on myself and that meant there was something wrong with me. Um, so I would get, sorry, my turn. <laughs> um, I got to a really low place. Um, just a minute. <laughs> um, where I just wasn't a pleasant person to be around. And anybody who would see me outside, my friends and other people, they probably wouldn't have known. There were people I would tell, like, I struggle with anxiety, and they'd be like, you? You have anxiety? Yes, I had really bad anxiety at one point, and it affected my family the most. Um, I would lose my temper really easily, and when I did, I would just bout off with all sorts of harshness and I just had a lot of anger in my heart, um, and it, it really affected my kids because I had so much pressure that I put on them. I wanted them to be perfect, even, and we're talking two years ago, so they were younger than they even are now, and I just expected them to always be in line and to listen, and if they weren't, then there was either something wrong with them or I just couldn't do it right. Um, so like I said, I would call my mom, and during COVID, it was probably almost every single day I was calling and complaining and venting, and she always listened, and she always gave me advice, but the main thing that she always did was tell me, Christy, you have to get back into church, and 
My husband and I, over the years, um, we had gone in and out of church and tried multiple churches, but even though we would go to church or I would listen to sermons on my phone, I never had that personal connection with God. I had totally drifted away in that sense. Um, So when we found CBC about a year ago, I decided that I just couldn't do it on my own anymore. Um, And so we started coming here, and let me see. I have a verse for you. It's in Galatians 5.24, and it says, Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and have crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And so that's what I did. I decided I couldn't do it anymore, and I needed to just nail the anxiety and the anger and even depression that I faced. I just had to nail it to his cross, and I needed to focus all in on God. And so... I got super involved because I knew I needed the accountability, Um, and my husband wasn't necessarily at the same point as me um, when we first started coming, so I didn't care. I was like, I'm going to small group without you. (laughs) Um, So I went to small group, and the main thing was that I started reading my Bible and started doing daily devotionals, um, and I hooked up with these lovely women and other women in the church who helped raise me up and encourage me, um, just like my mom always has. And um, just to see that we all go through some of the same struggles was so helpful to not feel like I was this absolute terrible mother that wasn't enough. Um, and so, sorry, just a minute. Um, One more verse I have is in Ephesians 4, 2, it says, to be completely humble and gentle, to be patient, bearing with one another in love. Um, And that was something that God helped me to do um, because I was always attached to the vine, um, but the fruit that was growing on my vine was rotten and ugly um, with the anger that I had in my heart and not trusting in God. Um, But as I started to trust in him more, my fruit started to change. And even my husband could see it. He saw the way that I started to become more calm with my kids. I wasn't just this angry person that walked around the house feeling justified by the way that I acted. Um, And I had to become humble and realize that I do mess up, and I still mess up to this day. Um, I make mistakes all the time with my kids, and sometimes I still blow up and lose it because I'm human. Um, And I know a lot of you could probably relate to that because motherhood can be really challenging. Um, But God teaches us to learn to be forgiving and to ask for forgiveness. And so as I learn to bear with my children in love, he also taught me that it's okay when I do mess up because I'm still going to, to go to them and ask them for that forgiveness because they need to see too that it's okay to be human. Um, And so I've learned that as he's grown me as well. And the final verse that I have for you guys is Proverbs 22, six, and it says, start children off in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. And I wanted to share this verse because this was a verse that my parents clung to Um, as they raised me, they trusted God and they, believe that if they got me to have 
God in my heart and encouraged me in that way that no matter what, I was going to trust in him. And I did get lost for a little while. Um, But like I said, because of that firm foundation and the way that they started me off in the right way, I was still connected by that branch. Um, He never left me. And so now that I'm back on the right path, I also cling to this verse And I pray that somehow my kids will see God through me and that now my fruits will be love and joy and that through showing those things that they'll also desire that as they get older, they can have a close relationship with Christ. So, I definitely agree with all of that. And both of your stories are so just affirming for me because I know so often as new believers or even wherever you are in life, um, you hear all these amazing stories of God's love and how he changes people's lives, but often we're at a place where we are just so broken by expectations, destroyed by experiences that there's nothing good that comes out. The fruit is bitter and it's hard and I know for me, the self-love and the self-joy was my greatest struggle. Um, And in the Bible, it often references that love is this great commandment. And for me, I'm like, well, if it's a fruit of the spirit and the great commandment, like I really struggled with accepting that, like, if it's in us already, like, why is it so hard to have, to give and pour out? And I remember attending, I think it was probably one of my cousin's weddings, and the officiant shared this verse, and it was Corinthians 13.4. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful, proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice. It rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up, loses faith, is always helpful, endures in every circumstance. And that love isn't something we just need to apply into our marriage, our relationships. That's something that we need internally with ourselves from God so that we can have the ability to pour it out to anybody that we can encounter and embrace. Um, And I've been struggling to allow the experiences to change my mindset. As I said, growing up, my mom was this, is this amazing reflection of loving others. So many of my friends and even my siblings' friends, um, they were taken in by my mom and her ability to love. And I would love to say that her good, unconditional love is what I was able to receive and what I was able to give out. But It's through those trials and those terrors that we allow the experiences to dictate and and change things for us. Um, And I allowed the fact that I didn't have my biological dad in my life set that tone of love and joy. I was probably 16 the first time I met my biological dad, and now at 37, um, it's been a mindset change for me because... For me, it was like, well, my own dad doesn't want me. Why does God want me? Like, I didn't feel chosen. I didn't feel worthy or loved. And that mindset really misplaced love in Christ. I began to blame God. And he, it was like, I'm just broken because he doesn't love me. Like, no one loves me. Um, 
And I allowed the happiness in my life to become a circumstantial situation, which obviously you don't live at Disneyland forever. It fades along with the joy and love. Um, and it's the mindset to become Christ-like. Like I believe there's a reason we say joy to the world and not happiness to the world because joy defies all odds in our life, which allows us to become Christ-like. Um, in First Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 6, it says, So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong in many trials, it will bring praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus is revealed to the whole world. It's often in these busy moments, experiences, and such of life that the joy and love just is empty and we're hard and we just aren't full of what we should be. And I know that it's hard and we can sit here and say like, just change your mind and you're going to be happy. That's not, I hope that's not what you get from this. I hope that you learn that if you are rooted in Christ, that over time your fruit will become joyful and loving and kind and it does take pruning it does take trials to learn because the way these ladies have learned and the way they parent they're, they're reflections on how to help me get better the same goes for all of you all of you share and encourage one another and that's how we get better and we come alongside each other with accountable honest conversations and so a challenge for you guys is what are you rooted in? Because if it's not Christ, your foundation can be rockier than others. Um, your hope can be darker than others and all of that. And um, as I prepared for this sermon, I found a study from MOPS. And for those of you who don't know what MOPS is, it's the mothers of preschoolers. And this study showed that 82% of families started going to church because their mom decided it was important. And 77 of the adults say the most influential person in their life is their mother. So moms, thank you for even just not knowing but trying. Thank you for providing and just showing up for all of us because you end up being a mother to the motherless and loving everybody. Um, so thank you guys. I'd love to close us in prayer at this time. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you've done and continue to do in our lives. Thank you to all the mothers who plant the seeds. Thank you for all the women who decide it's important for their families to find a church. I pray that the children in this church and our community find joy and love in their seeds of faith and produce new, new disciples for your kingdom. I pray that this pruning happens to glorify you. Amen. <laughs> Thank you guys, and I hope that you have a wonderful Mother's Day. For those... <laughs>